You've all had some experience of being on top of a mountain, whether it be the top of Blue Hills here in Boston or one of the 14,000-foot peaks in Colorado. There's an unmistakable joy in resting at the top, basking in the view of the world below. I remember once hiking to the top of a peak in Montana, and it was an old mining path with an abandoned village below. Not a heavy tourist destination, so we were the only ones at the top of the peak. At the top, I ended up dozing off as I was lying down, taking in the view, much needed after the difficult climb. I was soon awoken by my friend saying we needed to head down. Uh, storm clouds were coming in and we didn't want to get caught amid the lightning. I could have enjoyed that rest at the top for a long time, but I knew we had to return back to reality, as it were. His prediction proved correct. A downpour started just as we were approaching the base. The transfiguration of Jesus has many layers of significance, one of which is its placement in the gospel for the second Sunday of Lent. Easter is still five weeks away. Mount Tabor, the location of the transfiguration, represents our spiritual journey. It is not yet time for us to rest at the peak, to bask in God's glory perpetually. We have to come down the mountain and face the cross. In the gospel, just prior to the transfiguration was Jesus' first great prediction of his passion. He had to rebuke Peter for his disbelief and then declare to all the disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. So when the Father's voice is heard from heaven at the top of Mount Tabor saying, listen to him, the Father is affirming those difficult and even provocative words of Jesus. We have to hear them and accept them. The transfiguration event also marks a shift in the gospel narrative. Prior to this, Jesus is bouncing around from city to city proclaiming the gospel. Once Jesus comes down from the mountain, he places his visits in one continuous journey toward Jerusalem. And so at this moment, the path to his passion begins. Neither he nor his disciples can remain at the top of the mountain because the ultimate victory and glory must be preceded by the passion and the cross. But what about the moment of the transfiguration itself? The 8th century church father, St. John Damascene, points out that Christ was transfigured not by acquiring what he was not, but by manifesting to his disciples what he in fact was. He opened their eyes and gave these blind men sight. St. John Damascene's point is that 
fundamentally, it was not Jesus who underwent a change, but rather the disciples. They were given in that short moment a more complete vision of Christ. They saw the fullness of his body and soul together radiating divine life. Furthermore, the disciples saw for the first time in human history, God's glory revealed in and through a human body just like their own. It was a foreshadowing of the resurrection of Christ and of our own destiny of bodily resurrection where we too will share in that same glory. This body of Christ, now risen from the dead and ascended to heaven, is not isolated from us, as if he's up there and we're down here. Christ's body is extended over space and time by the Holy Spirit. And this is what we refer to as the mystical body of Christ. And so this human body of Jesus is the bridge between the inner divine life of the Trinity and our fallen humanity. When we consent to be united to the humanity of Jesus, then our humanity shares in the divine nature. It becomes divinized. Jesus' transfiguration reveals exactly what he desires to bring about in each of us. That word divinization is not really in our normal vocabulary as Roman Catholics. It's more commonly used in the East, so it can sound a bit thought-provoking. Divinization, that we become like God we share in the inner life of the Holy Trinity. But that's exactly what grace is. That is sanctification, becoming holy. It means sharing in the divine nature itself. But divinization is a process, like ongoing sanctification, and it doesn't happen just at the mountaintop. The process of our divinization is the grace of the mountaintop, but carried out below by carrying our cross and following after the humanity of Jesus Christ. Our divinization comes through a sharing in the body of Christ, because whatever Jesus has done in his human body he must do in our body if we are to call ourselves members of his mystical body. And so because Jesus went through this journey toward the passion, through the cross, we also must do the same in order to rise to new life with him. God, however, does not leave us at the bottom of the mountain. So the whole Christian life is not just a blind carrying of cross and putting up with life's burdens until this hoped for victory at the end. In fact, 
we get these mountaintop experiences through prayer and through every liturgical action, especially here at Mass. So here at Mass is when Jesus' divine life is poured out through his mystical body, through the sacramental signs to our bodies, to our humanity, and touching and transforming our very souls. Christ links all of the sacramental signs in the church to his own mystical body, pouring his divine life through it. So in all of the sacramental signs, we encounter the bread and the wine, the words we speak out loud in confession, the oil, and so forth. We're actually touching the divinity of Christ because he has attached those material signs to his humanity. And so here at the liturgy, in every sacrament, there is this meeting of heaven and earth taking place. It's not just God's up there and we're stuck down here until we die, but there's a wedding of heaven and earth, of things human and divine, because that's the hypostatic union of Jesus, this marriage of humanity and divinity. And so in a similar way, we have this meeting of the mountaintop and all of the crosses we have to carry down below. It's not one or the other, but they're both happening at the same time. And that mountaintop experience of divinization, whether we feel it or not subjectively, is happening to us whenever we are truly authentically participating in the liturgical life of the church. So receiving those words of the Father at the mountaintop, when he says, listen to him, listen to Jesus when he says, we have to follow him to Jerusalem to carry our crosses and die to ourselves with him, that's not easy. But by the sacraments, we are strengthened to do that. Our hearts are transformed bit by bit in every encounter with Jesus Christ to hear those words and to accept them in our hearts and to embrace them. Christianity is not an escape from the world as if our goal is to retreat to the mountaintop and hang out there as long as possible. But no, it's an invitation by Christ to enter into the full depths of our human brokenness, which only can come about by accepting the cross. So let us not be afraid to come down the mountain where the cross awaits us and as Lent continues. Because if we remain united to Jesus through prayer and the sacraments, we actually never leave the top of the mountain. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please be sure to like us on Facebook and consider supporting us by visiting stpaulsharvardsquare.org. That's stpaulsharvardsquare.org. God bless and see you next time.